Hey everybody, it's Aaron from Hunt Hard Talk Free, and we are back with a, our post-COVID-19 podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Ballistics.ca, who just released their custom Swarovski uh, ballistic ring. So if you want to be shooting long range and you have a Swarovski Z5 or Z6 scope, reach out to www.ballistics.ca. On this episode, I've got my business partners in crime here. We've got Tim Schramm and Greg Johnson, and... Uh, yeah, we've, we just wanted to reach out and talk, talk to our consumers, talk to our customers about where we're sitting now, uh, post-COVID-19, I guess you could say the first wave. So all political <clears throat> conspiracy theories, medical data aside, uh, we just want to focus on how COVID-19 has affected the sporting goods industry, our store, and hunting and fishing across Canada. So um, how have gun sales been? Pretty... Uh off the charts, pretty off the wall. It's been uh, an interesting few months, the first quarter of our year. Um, when COVID kicked in, it just seemed that everybody engaged in hunting, shooting, just the shooting sports and their needs. And ammunition sales was unparalleled. I don't, I don't think, I know for a fact, our, our stores never, ever seen that kind of growth in ammo yeah. sales. People were walking out with case lots of ammo and boxes of ammo and 10 of this and five of that. It was unbelievable, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was pretty quick to find out that people figured that these, this was an essential activity, if you want to call it that, and uh, people had the time. They were staying home. They weren't hopping on a jet and maybe keeping some of that cash in the country, which is a yeah. beautiful thing. Um, and they had the time, you know, a lot of people were off work and I don't want to diminish how that affected a lot of people by any stretch of the imagination. That was pretty devastating and still is for a lot of people. But uh, no, all in all, I think, uh, you know, the shooting sports uh, has wrapped up here this year and we're pretty pleased with sales. We're, we're a fortunate business. We really are during these challenging times for a lot of people. Yeah. I've also noticed a lot of customers seem to have more time due to COVID, whether they're staying at home, so they're actually getting out, spending more time, taking the kids shooting, and and all negativity of COVID aside, I think there's been a lot more family time being put in, whether it's cooking, like Traeger's, for example, uh, smoker barbecues, we can't keep them in the building, and there's now becoming a su- supply and demand issue, but, but people are taking the time to get down to down home cooking again instead of just fast food so learning how to have a gourmet meal at home <laughs> yeah. weird you can actually do that with your family <laughs> family time it's, that's, yeah, that's the one positive that came out of it for sure no, and, and less travel as well everyone's just hopping on the quad they're heading out into our wide open spaces i mean if you want social distancing no you go out place. in the back country bring your family there's no one to trip over and they're shooting they're quadding they're hunting they're fishing they uh they definitely are engaging in the outdoors way more. I see it if you drive past local hikes, like the, toward Tumblr and things like that, that usually you might see one vehicle, maybe, in a parking lot once in a while. Now you see that that trailhead's been, you know, there's three or four vehicles there and lots of people hiking and just enjoying it. Yeah, spend more time. Lots, lots of people out hiking around Tumblr lately. Oh. Customers coming in to buy bear spray and... Yeah. And GPSs and things like that. Yeah. Um, Greg, you've been doing this for 20 years now? Oh, yeah. And Tim, 30... 
some odd years. Two. Two years? Three, yeah. Have you ever been through anything like the COVID-19 pandemic working in this industry? I was here in Y2K, and there was people (laughs) that were, you know, kind of preppers at that point, like if you want to call them preppers. Freeze-dried food. Freeze-dried food, and the computer systems were going to crash, and then there was going to be financial uproar and different things, so... Yeah, there was kind of a, but not a health pandemic, a pandemic, so to speak. More of a, just to say. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Supply yeah. again. Is America going to consume everything and we're not going to get anything, which will affect their hunting season? So a lot of people, they're not, they're not buying pickup loads of ammo, but what they're doing is making sure that they have enough supplies to get them through the entire hunting season and still have enough ammunition and different things to go out and practice and and be an ethical hunter and with that comes practice and and uh and shooting and the hand loading thing our oh. our, our our reloading sales have probably tripled from last year it's unbelievable to, again once again people have the time the, lo- the luxury of time to take the time and get back into their reloading habits Essentially, yeah. and learn a new skill and yeah learn a new skill because they're like well if i can't buy it well, i can manufacture I can it on it. my own and, and be pretty proud of it too yeah and it's pretty rewarding to load roll your own shells up and go out and shoot your trophy or shoot your meat yeah and all by your hand it's pretty nice some of the things that i'm going to bring up here uh i just want to have a candid discussion about that we don't know all the ins and outs of it yet, so don't take this as gospel. This is just our discussion, and I'd like to get a, a couple COs in for a podcast here in the not-so-distant future to get their take on some of these things. But um, what's what are your guys' thoughts on hunting's been deemed an essential service? Hunting and fishing both yeah. um, are not service, but activity. But COVID, they came out with all these uh, regulations that if we don't live in the same house, we shouldn't be traveling together. We've heard of customers getting fined for being, you're not six feet apart when you're sitting front seat of a truck to go out hunting or fishing. Um, so how, how do you guys feel COVID-19 is going to affect our outdoor people as we're getting into a, getting into our fall, our hunting season? So would you guys be hunting with other people in the same vehicle that are not related? What, what are you guys' thoughts? I'm a bit of a, <clears throat> a bit of a rebel, if you want to call it that. I, I don't personally buy into a lot of it, and I don't agree with the restrictions that are being imposed upon us as human beings and our rights to go out and enjoy these activities. Um, this is just me personally. Um, it just boils down to an enforcement, and yes, I, I agree. We should get a couple of the local CEOs and just see where they stand. What is their directive? Mm-hmm. What from the top down, what is the directive? What are they told to enforce, and how are they going to go about doing that? So, you know, it's it's going to be very very interesting, and that could be an absolute game changer for a lot of people. Yeah, if you're not in the same household, you can't be in the vehicle with with one another, and that just changes everything. Like we have to take three trucks if we head up north. Yeah, let's do to, that to go hunting together. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a real green initiative right there. So yeah, anyway. So yeah, well, you know, fuel's from an enforcement, so you might as well make oh, fuel's cheap. They're <laughs> yeah. all practically so that just away. bring three vehicles and <laughs> ramp it back up. Yeah, know? from a green initiative. Yeah, let's do that. Let's take three diesel trucks up north, 
But yeah, you know, it, it just boils down to enforcement. You know, what are they going to be doing? Good yep. question. Great yep. question. But hot topic, and you know, maybe that will just eliminate a lot of the, you know, the the mid and lower mainland hunters from coming up north this year. That's a, that's a very real possibility. So yep. no, it's we'll 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 reach out and touch on that, and you know, hopefully we yep. can get uh, some of the local COs in here and uh, just see their their take on it. I also question along those same lines when the, when COVID first kicked in we had I don't know if it was a CO that came in and dropped it off or who it was but someone dropped off government recommendations for hunting and fishing and it says hunt within your area. Mm-hmm. Well, Define that. Is that your province? Is that your within a hundred kilometers of where you live? What what does hunt within your area mean? And then the, the next question that comes along is will it be enforced? Will there be COs that if you are from outside this region, you shouldn't be hunting here? Yeah, if you're, if you're region one, you're supposed to hunt in your region one. If you're region seven, you're hunting region seven. Yeah. You know, that's how I read that little blurb, because how else do you define your region? And it just said your area. That's Hunt right. within your area, which... And area is your game, MU game, where you M- reside. unit, MU area. Right. Yeah. So within an within a region seven, there's what fifty seven MUs. Yeah. Or something along yeah. that line. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's a lot of borders and boundaries now, <clears throat> based on your population area. I would say within your region, if you reside in region seven A, you know, say the Prince George region, that's your home base. Call it right. But good questions for the seals. What are yeah. they told to enforce? You know, how do how you, rigid are they going to be on those parameters? And so. as far as interactions and distancing and, you know, everything else, um, I think the outdoor sports and everything else are a prime example of it's as social distancing as you can be. I agree. Traveling within your vehicle is one thing. Anybody who's not feeling good is not going to hop in a vehicle with anybody. To start, that's going to take place once you're in the field I mean I don't walk with another person when we're hunting or pushing bush or doing anything like that you don't I hold mean, hands? no holding hands <laughs> hardly at all oh. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah so I mean I, I really question are we going to see a lot less southerners up here just because they don't feel comfortable um, leaving their area or or because they feel it's it's immoral or illegal to be hunting up oh, here. And I've, so. I've heard of different scenarios. You've heard it from the West Coast uh, fishing, mm-hmm. you know, with out-of-province type situations where people are, you know, I've just heard that, yeah, they're not, you know, Alberta locals are making oh, Alberta are plates are not, not real welcome, welcome you know, because of things like Coast. that. So, I mean, creating a rift like that, I mean, you're within the province and we're abiding by our things. And I... Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if you're looking to enforce different scenarios, I mean, you're better off breaking up parties and houseboat tours, you know, not hunters. Yeah. You know. Yeah. One of our customers was probably one of the first people that I knew to go down to the coast or to go out to the coast to do a little ocean fishing. Um, And he was telling us how sketchy it was just to just to line up the boat to go fishing. And then he, he was recommended to not park down by the docks. He was supposed to park, find anywhere else in Prince Rupert to park, and then catch a ride down to the docks because it was an 
unknown vehicle, even though he had BC plates, that's how sketchy it was, and basically the boat came driving by, he had to throw his stuff in, jump in to go fishing at five in the morning. Um, now that was, like I say, that was early on in the COVID pandemic. I was just out there, uh, thank you, last week, and it wasn't, it was nowhere near that bad. I mean, no. the guys in our hotel, we had three guys on motorcycles from Saskatoon, parked right beside us that were doing the tour, and there are actually a few people from Saskatchewan that were fishing, and Albertans right beside us, so there were lots of plates, and it was, it seemed to be back open, and lots of people down at the docks again, so I think it's become a little more relaxed out there as well, and yeah, it, it, it wasn't a big um, faux pas to be down there, it wasn't a, yeah, people weren't being shunned for being out of province, so... So I, I think it's getting better in that sense. Yeah. We did see, though, on a bunch of the other boats, the charter guys had um, masks for all their customers. They weren't enforcing wearing them, but it was an option. And, and a lot of the people on the boats were wearing masks. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we might have had binoculars out to see what colored flashers they're using or <laughs> see if we could figure out what hooks Because there were a few boats that were just slaying the fish, so we might have been scoping it out, but got to see all the masks and stuff, too. So Yeah people were taking some precautions absolutely and uh and all the power to you yep yeah for sure guides and outfitters <laughs> wow COVID-19 and guides and outfitters who yeah. wants to touch touch on that that's a hot topic so Americans can't come in Europeans can't come in all the big ticket hunts are a lot of Canada can't even come in a lot, of the, pro a lot of the provinces can't come in yeah. so the the majority of the guide outfitting industry is curtailed to the point where they've got a little bit of BC and Alberta clients. They have some resident clients. And depending on what, if you're from the territories, it's very di different. The NWT is effectively just shut down, period. There is nobody hunting. Yeah. The government is not issuing non-resident tags. How about the Yukon? They're the Yukon not, is... Allows BC, for good. sure. BC, but not Alberta, I heard. Alberta is going to be opened up. They're reviewing it because we talked to Rick yesterday. He's booked. Yep. And he's going up with Nathan and Rob at Yukon mm. Peak. Yeah. And he's from Alberta. And he's yep. Alberta. Um, he, they're approving that, but there is there is changes and, and things that constantly are evolving. They just got green light to basically go to their camps and stuff. They left Sunday this week. They headed up with some horses and stuff, and we're getting camps ready. No, but basically, it's all resident only. Now, Greg, maybe you can uh, confirm this. I heard potentially there are going to be some better resident deals to be had out there for certain species. Um, basically, I mean, it's at the outfitter's discretion. If they, they need to go in and, and shore up camps and different things, so they have... You know, they're like some of them are say uh, taking it Canadian funds. You know, if the hunt was sixteen thousand U.S., some of the guys are making deals. I mean, there's a thirty-two percent savings. That's significant. Uh, you very yeah. well may never get the opportunity to hunt yeah. a guided class A guided hunt there's for the kind of money. All that's the people out there. I know in the guide industry, their phones have been just blowing up, and everybody's gouging trying to get a deal. Right. You know so. Basically, it's the outfitter's tag. I mean, some of those things are quotas, and they'll be there next year. You know, it's a, they're not losing that hunt. What they're losing is just... The revenue for this season. The revenue, the revenue for this season. Yeah. Your guides, 
are now going to disperse to whatever they're going to start swinging hammers or digging ditches or whatever like they've got they've got to make up for the shortfall because usually they're up guiding and so a lot of guides have basically donned a different hat i mean they're all working doing other things like i know most of them 80 percent of the guys i know aren't working and the other 20 percent are you know uh tied up with with an outfit say in the Yukon or BC and they're just running a skeleton crew you know like Rob's operation I think they're gonna basically plan on doing nine hunts instead of about 30 that's the difference wow. yeah so basically no moose maybe one moose a handful of sheep and some bears and that's it and most of those are BC resident um, type hunts that's it so Basically, just uh, shoring up camp, getting your stuff so you can turn the keys and leave it for the winter, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess the one positive that comes out of this is a little less pressure on the game, whether it's right around here, because we are known for to be a destination for a lot of people from the coast. We see um, normally about this time of the year, we got a lot of people from down south coming up buying stuff. So it's not so good for our business to not have them coming up, but it's yeah. great for the animals. They might get a little bit of a reprieve from. I would, I would say the exact opposite. You think? There's more people with time. Yeah. They want to fill their freezer. I think your resident pressure and resident influence will be the highest it's ever been. Local residents. Everywhere. Residents. Period. Period. Yeah. And people are going to jump on the bandwagon that oh there's no outfitters in the area this is the year i'm going to go because the outfitters yeah. aren't going to be chasing stuff around yeah. i'm going to have a better odds yeah it will be as busy as you've ever seen it <laughs> mark my words well we'll have this we'll discussion touch on this in, in a couple months <laughs> yeah. we'll touch on this we'll in see you in november and we'll and we'll we'll verify that by talking with our ceo friends and mm -hmm. see all right yeah, getting what, back to what, enforcement once know, again. What is their what mandate? What did you see? What What is the plan? Yeah. I mean, if they're going to put up check stops on the road, I mean, you're going to be... I mean, how can you designate a hunter as being a social distancing issue? You might as well have a roadblock on 8th Street because... Too many people are going to Walmart. That's right. Canadian you know, Tire. Are you from the same household as you're giving your friend a ride down to the thing? You know, it's just... It's, what do, you, what do you enforce and and does it make logical sense you know yeah. um, people just are aware and they take good precautions I mean the, the words out there um, if you're hopping in with someone for 10 days you're gonna go over the simple fact that are you good are you healthy let's roll because mm -hmm. you're not getting in that truck together till the day you're leaving yeah so yeah. fair enough yeah. So, it, it has been interesting over the last month, the amount of, even though borders are shut down, flights are still coming in. Uh, we had a customer last week from Switzerland, custom knife maker, seemed like a really neat, neat guy, mm -hmm. but he's up here touring around and he's heading north and stuff. And, and then we had a family from Russia that didn't speak English. Um, How'd that go? Family of four. <laughs> just looking around <laughs> yeah just just touring Pointing through and taking pictures yeah. yeah yeah and we still see a lot of u.s plates and we have customers coming in 
that are from different states looping through here. I mean, we see more than probably anyone else would because we are the beginning of the Alaska Highway. And yeah. I know the borders are open to anyone that has property up in Alaska to go through. And But it, it, even though the borders are closed, they're definitely not closed because we are seeing lots of out of country. Yeah, if you're essential services or deemed essential, that border's still open. I mean, the trucks yeah. are driving back and forth every day. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, and that that will continue. But the looky-loos and the people that are want to go just go shopping at Pier 1 right. <laughs> uh, ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, and that's... So I guess, yeah, I'd like to know what, you know, when you hit the border, what's it like when you're, you know, if you have property in the U.S., um, is there like a game plan? Is there a checklist that you basically have to go through? Yeah, I heard that fines were being handed out in Banff and Jasper Park for Americans that were hanging out there for a week because they're supposed to just be driving on through and you've got X amount of time that you should be taking to get through. Kind of like a check spot. To get up to the States where they were hanging out in the national parks for a week and yeah. getting fined. So. Yeah, and they're like, well, I'll hang out for a week. It's only 200 Canadians, so that's like eight bucks US. <laughs> Use the kids' allowance to stay here for the week. Yeah, yeah. So back back to the COVID. Um, second wave. There, there are discussions. There are, even though we're way up north, we were COVID-free for six, eight weeks, whatever it was, for quite some time, and everyone was all happy. Now there's cases in Pooskoopy confirmed. There's cases at Sightsee Dam confirmed. Um, uh, not that I trust Facebook, but someone was posting that there was a case at one of the local restaurants here on the 23rd or something. And, and so it's it's coming through in a second wave. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, Core Lanes as a business during this second wave to be prepared? And um, just so our customers know what we're going to be doing. You know, early in the... The whole COVID world, we, we as a business, you know, we respect safety of our customers and our staff, and we had a lot of very serious discussions and meetings with our staff and their safety and how they felt about things, and we, we shut down for a week with door delivery, and then after that, we, we kind of allowed for a soft five-person mm-hmm period in the building and with you know mandatory uh, sanitation coming in and not wandering around the store touching and trying everything on this is just essential what do you need how can I help you have a nice day and we uh, our customers seemed very appreciative that we were doing our best to you know just supply with what we could and um, yep. still you know take we still take precautions and I mean we put the Lexan up on our tills we you know we have the distancing tape on the floor yep. um, we're doing our best and you know we're gonna remain to do our best uh, we we feel it's important that we do supply our customers needs as best possible and yep. you know it we're, we're we're part of the supply chain and yep. you know we we want to continue to do our best. So, yeah, is, is it is real? Yeah, is it coming again? Yes, it is definitely going to be ramping up a bit, and uh, we just need to stay on our game for sure. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we know there's many different opinions on COVID-19 and all those sorts of things, and we're not going to get into the conspiracy theories and, and the politics and those sorts of things behind it. We just need to let our customers know that number one we care about your safety we care about our staff safety 
no matter what level of threat this is, and we will do what we can to, number one, like you say, supply everybody, uh, our customers, with what they need for the season, as well as keeping everybody safe. So we just ask that everybody, whether it's staff, whether it's customers, just uh, keep that in mind when you're coming through, and, and small steps. Take small steps to ensure everybody's safe. Uh, one thing that we have noticed that we'll touch on just for a brief moment here is since we have reopened, since the economy's down, since people aren't working, we have definitely, and it's I spent hours yesterday looking at it, uh, seen an increase in theft, which has just been, yep. my guts were just churning yesterday watching footage of some specific individuals um, stealing stuff out of our building. Um, there are hot items that we're aware of. We definitely have to ramp up our security ramp up our time on the floor and stuff because people have time and people don't have money seems to be the thing and and so I guess if they can sell these products or give these I, I don't know what what they're doing with it but we are definitely seeing a, a jump in in theft which is extremely discouraging and I think and a lot of other places are feeling it too yeah and yeah a lot of yeah. businesses in town are the same thing and we have ramped things up and yeah. we're taking pretty extreme measures so yeah and it, doesn't matter, you can't, don't leave your bike unlocked, you know, kind of thing as well, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so second wave, we'll do what we can to uh, be safe, but still be open to our c- consumers. I do recommend that if you have questions, reach out to us online, go to our website, look at our products there. We do only have currently about a quarter to a third of the store uploaded, but uh, we've got our diligent tech team working hard to get more and more products on every day as we see the demand. We have seen probably double the amount of people on our website website since COVID started yes. till now, uh, which has been great to see that kind of traffic, uh, checking out what we've got, and we definitely need to do what we can to get more products uploaded. But um, it, it, it's a first good start is check us out online. We're posting daily on social media new products that have just rolled in the back doors. We have shipments every day. Uh, that, that back door opens up numerous times a day to bring in all kinds of new products. So we'll try and keep you guys informed with the new cool stuff coming in. And uh, with that, supply and demand. We're seeing some issues with supply and demand. Um, we've with, with COVID, we've sold through certain brands like uh, Marlin, for example. Marlin Leave Reactions, which we bought enough product that would normally last us the year. And we sold out of the hot items during COVID, uh, which was in the first quarter. So we definitely needed to get out and order more product, but we now are seeing with, with some very big brands that we normally can bring in every other week if we need to, yep. six, eight, 10, 12, three up to months. six, yeah, three or to six months. we don't know answers. We're getting a lot of, yeah. we, we have no idea answers and things are in very, the gun very part hot. World, in the gun part world, like in the manufacturing part of things, not say in the big, it is like, it's a nightmare. Unbelievably slow. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of these guys contract other companies to build their products. Those companies are shut down. So, you know, said company one gets this bolt handle made from this other company because they don't have that casting equipment in-house. That company shut down indefinitely. So that just stopped all completed production. And it's a fifty sure. cent part. Yeah, and they have no way to remedy it. 
<clears throat> so we've I've had stuff on order since March from a very big company who does a lot of business, who is almost a you know within the week kind of company, and it's been four months and they haven't been able to produce a single unit. Well, yeah, in the ammunition world, I mean, we we've had some very very cooker cutter merchandise like Hornady ammunition seven mil hunter precision it's one yeah. of our biggest selling seven mag ammos we've had it on earth for three months we've been told we don't know from Hornady it's there's a big shipment coming in in another three four weeks they don't know what's on it yeah no guarantees that we're gonna have one of our hottest selling shells on the shelf and if you've got a custom turret built for that cartridge Got You're some gonna be real bad for news for you. I hope you got enough ammo for the year, but <laughs> seriously, it, it's yeah. it, it's a grave concern, yeah. and I can't stress the importance of be proactive right now, like immediately. Get out, do some summertime shooting. If you need to try a different ammo and get a turret burn, do that. Yeah. Because yeah. this is gonna get real. We don't want to be the bearer of bad news come September first. Yeah. Or, and we're gonna we're gonna hear about it. Oh, it's I gonna mean, get ugly. We, it's gonna get ugly i'll guarantee we it. got a person on this 24 hours a day yes we do but because we burned a turret for ammunition a year ago that person's looking for that ammo and it doesn't exist you know you get the same thing why did you shoot it in with this ammo <laughs> well it was perfectly available three months ago, ago three or, months ago exactly or less so some so big big concerns uh again i can't stress you need to get ahead of it Check your gear out. Check your supply. Yeah. Check your, and you don't need a hundred boxes of it. No, get a couple boxes of shells. Boxes. Get you through the season. Get enough. Get, you through the get season. enough for yeah. this year's needs. Don't and be hoarding and be part of the problem. Yeah. Be, yeah. Be, we like take care to, of your needs. You know, if I have a hundred boxes, I'd rather make fifty people happy than one guy happy. And I mean, it's honestly, yeah, no. You know that type of mentality is, it just disappears. You know, and I was telling everyone that. Back when COVID happened and people were coming in and hoarding ammo, I was actually saying, you know what? I'm not going to sell you 10 boxes. I'm going to sell you four. And I was convincing them that they didn't need to buy as much as they were wanting to. Yeah. And most people, oh, well, I, you know, I was suggesting take care of this year's requirements, yeah. not five years requirements. And a lot of people were, you know, conscientious and thought about it and slowed down their purchasing to a yeah. degree just so spread it out a little bit spread it out because yeah it's nice to make sure because i always you know like there's a lot of people out there shooting the same ammo and i don't want to just cut off five people to appease yeah. one person who just wants to fill their entire truck exactly yeah. and it's uh you know try to keep it uh, reasonably fair or i think i can't but yeah i sure know like in the the building world the modifications the guns that are coming out of the woodwork is astronomical well, and in November, when we go down to some of our buying shows, we walk through shops for some of our biggest suppliers and importers for many large brands across Canada, and they have warehouses that are 10 times the size of our building with um, AutoCAD maps of the quickest way to get from point A to point B to grab this gun or yeah. that part, and just phenomenal setups, floor to ceiling with many, many millions of dollars of guns that just sent us a price list yesterday to show us the weird oddball guns that they have left over and they have no idea when their next shipment's coming in. They've got like, we can pick 47 guns when they'd normally have thousands to choose between. And it's components, like you say, they're not made 
in Canada, or in, in North America, they're missing parts and stuff, yeah. and there's just there is no supply. Yeah, they might be assembled. Yeah, but those knickknacks manufactured are yeah. just save putting, a little money, putting the squeeze on things. I mean, yeah, and I mean I see it whether it be just uh, replacement parts, uh, you know, small manufacturer type things. I mean, when people like Reading have shut down, you know, dyes, brass. Yep. It doesn't take long when you're shut down for a month and nothing moves. The supply is still, like the demand is still building. So the when they open up like... the doors, they're so far behind, they don't know where to start. They might as well just start over. They yep. just slash. And we have seen orders of ours that have just Disappear. been banished. They yep. just fell they don't exist anymore. The they basically and... just pick a date. Everything that yeah. was happening. We're seeing a lot of that, and it's, it's just frustrating because we're in the middle. You know, we've had people that have been had stuff on special <clears throat> order for four, six, eight months, and it's supposed to be here. Where is it? We phone. Oh, yeah, no, we know we don't know anything about that order, and we're caught in the middle, and it's frustrating because we're the guy that said it'll be here in six months because they told us because they told us that. Well, nobody yeah. planned COVID. No, not yeah, my fault, but we live it. Here the other other thing that we saw or we're still dealing with is, for example, we had customers waiting on Caltech firearms, and Caltech come through one distributor in Canada who had COVID go through their warehouse and they shut down. They were shut down for a very long time, and I think they're back open now. But again, the back orders, trying to get product, the whole. Well, if you have no one answering emails and and fill in orders and all that kind of stuff, where do you pick up the ball? How yeah. far back do you go? Yeah. Yeah. And probably the answer is today. Start fresh. Start today. Yeah. That's easy. Start whoever's fresh is easy. continuing to phone really wants it. Yeah. yeah. Right? And and one thing we're encouraging people to do, and I don't mean to be a high pressure car salesman, but you know what? If you want to purchase said gun, we know that we have them coming in. The people that are putting money down are getting that product. Yeah. And we don't mean to put the pressure on, but if you write serious, commit. Commit financially and you will get the first one in the door. That is how we are operating right now. And uh, it's, it's just the way we have to operate. Yeah. So it seems to be working. People are, you know, amicable towards it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not strange system. to have to put a deposit down. On no, no, exactly. So you got to pay for it sometime. Yep. Speaking of supply and demand, Greg. <laughs> Yeah. The shot. So for anyone that doesn't know or has never been in our store, Four Lane Sporting Goods is not just a sporting goods store. We're also a custom gun building shop, and we build Rocky Mountain rifles and do fully customizations like this uh, custom Tika in front of you here that started off as a bare bones Tika that is now a very custom, very specific, lightweight mountain rifle. Um, so give us an update on, on the shop and how it's running. Well, I have officially committed to not sleeping <laughs> that stuff's overrated you it don't is. need that <laughs> so yeah I, um, the shop has always been busy and there's always you know it's always busy yep. you know but it ebbs and flows you know with the different delivery seasons this year there hasn't even come close it has just been going up 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 I think we've got upwards of 500 guns in the shop right now. Is that correct? Close. You know, it flounders in the high fours. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're leaving here 
but they're reproducing. They're coming in from all over Canada. Faster than we can get them out the door. Sam's down there just opening up boxes. There's just guns rolling in boxes, boxes, boxes. Yeah. And a lot of people are basically taking their gun because they can't go buy a new one. So they're taking a, this custom Tika like this and they're like, you know what? I'm going to make it the gun I want because I can't buy the gun I'm really looking for. So they're putting them together. They're also... A lot of people with their spare time that maybe were distant from the hunting industry are back in it. They dug their gun out of the safe that they hadn't used in 10 years. They're like, yep, let's do a refinish and fix that up. Let's get a new optic to it so I can catch up with the times, get it zeroed in and get some ammo tested. And that type of work is, is crazy. Like the full on blown custom builds are still there. Um, but the the redos, the modification stuff is just unreal. Like, I've never seen it yeah. at this pace. Um, which is trying in itself. I mean, we basically, seven of us run around that shop full tilt all day long. Can't and keep and can't keep my head above it. And I gotta say, in the three years that I've been here, I really like where the shop's sitting now, staff-wise, for... Um, there was a bit of turnover there for a little while with some staff coming and going and, and tough to find someone for Sam's position, for, ex yeah. for example, which is an integral part to the shop. And a, and a dynamic keep, part. You know, you yeah. got to be hands-on. You yeah. also have to be savvy and be able to answer phones, but be able to pick up a gun, lap rings, mount a scope, yeah. tear something down. Yeah. I mean, you are a we yeah, have jack trained of all up. trades. We have some new hands down there. We got them trained, and they're producing. And the flow seems to be going very good down there. I, I'm, I'm impressed with the numbers of guns that come out of that shop on a daily basis. Oh yeah, but the same thing. It's just it needs to be thirty percent more, which yeah. there is to get enough, ahead of it. To get ahead of it. To get and ahead. Of just it. not, not enough just hours maintain to get ahead, and we're going backwards almost. And yeah, yeah, the season's upon us. So the season's here, and then it gets. You know, then you get the emergency, you know, I need this done right now. And it's like, lack we're of planning on your part. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Yeah. I don't want to say it. I but, mean, we're as, we try to be as flexible and helpful in every aspect. And everyone knows that. Yeah, we do our but best. The, uh, the guy that's had his gun here for three weeks for the same job. That you're wanting today. That you're wanting today. That guy three weeks ago... You know, really, I've, I've got to take care of him. Yep. You know, yeah. there is circumstances above our control. And, you know, I, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, you should just have a priority service and charge 20% more for a rush job. And I'm like, no. We, no, I'm not that kind of. That's all our, not that all our customers function. matter. Everybody is the, the yeah. same. Every customer, yeah. every everyone's I don't, equal. Yeah, yeah, we're that, not we're not that business. Ever. No. I guess the one focus is what's being done and what sorts of jobs are the customers bringing in, and those are the things that we need to pay attention. I mean, you guys have this under control back there, but but it, uh, to our to our consumers, to our customers, uh, we don't bring this up to be discouraging in any way, shape, or form to try and turn you away or anything. But no. it, it's just be aware that there will be a wait right now there's standard a, jobs are four to six weeks yeah um and there's lots of jobs that are we say four to six weeks there are jobs that are minutes and there's jobs that are months yep and the more hands they touch affects the timeline yeah the one thing that i tell people is component control if i don't have it in the building 
I will not estimate or quote a time because I this am at, blockchain, once again. I am at the mercy yeah. of someone else. Yeah. I yeah. And that that's the hardest thing to get across sometimes is the fact that I will do it. I will put that order in. Yeah. And we what, were told we, we get this quite often sitting up in the purchasing officers yeah. or purchasing offs that we are told by our supplier, oh yeah, that'll be shipped out in two weeks. So we pass that on to the consumer. That's right. And then the consumer calls three weeks later, where's my part? And then they're upset with us, but the part, we still haven't received the part. So. Oh yeah. That's, so and that's the one I like, cause I'm, I'm literally like, you want to hear it? I'll put it on speakerphone. Yeah. Yeah. That part from, will be in two weeks. That's yeah. coming from my supplier Yeah. and customer A. Did you hear that? Okay. Now yeah. you set your calendar, I'll set mine. Yeah. And I will be surprised if it gets here in two weeks. And yeah, so those are the frustrations yeah, with the, shipping, with COVID, all these. Yeah. The all flex, these. just be flexible. I mean, our, like I say, I have my mitts in everything all day long. And my number one goal is to, to get, get product out get the door. Get product out the door. Do the job well. Because finished stuff makes people happy. Yeah. Um, we've, we've also seen with rushing, that's where mistakes can happen as well. When someone, well, I needed it yesterday. Yeah. Well, well, we can get it to you, you but want, we never got through the full yeah, process yeah, yeah. and never got to QC it and properly. Do you want the job right or right now? Yeah. That was, that's the same. You can't have both. You can't yeah. have both. But, I mean, and that's one of the things that um, a lot of our product goes all over Canada. So, number one is that you do not want to forget guy from Ontario's caps. Yeah. Because, guess what? doesn't seem like a big problem I got him sitting here on the they're sitting beside my bench <laughs> but he's at best seven eight days away to get that product to him yeah someone in shipping forgets to send the bolt with the gun oh that's gonna be a big problem expensive walking stick he's got that's right so quality control verifying the work is accurate and correct yeah then it leaves um, those extra 10 minutes spent on your gun will ensure that there is no loose ends that yeah. could be forgotten. I mean, as simple as a stud not being put back in after we shoot it at the range. Yeah. That's a big deal to some people. To me, whatever, I'll Thread throw one off other. my other gun yeah. or I'll go down to the sports store and get one. Some people don't have that access yeah. or are very reserved to, to tackle a project like that, like shorten up a stud a little bit. And that yeah. gun's coming back. Yeah. And it's a $100 round trip. Shipping, yeah. For a five weeks. cent piece. And two weeks two of to time. three weeks. Well, and we've got... We don't even know. We've got some amazing customers up in, for example, Clyde River Nunavut. <laughs> yeah. Who have to wait three to four weeks before they... For anything. See anything. Yeah. And 70 bucks shipping just to get this item up there. It's crazy. And so if that goes up missing a part or wrong, or it's, it's definitely a big problem. So. Yeah, and they don't have a hardware store that's going to help out. No. Those are so remote. I mean, I get the weird emails and parts and pieces that they're, you yeah. know, from up there, and it's like, wow. And and we've talked about uh, we'd love to be able to expand the physical dimensions of the shop, but we're at a, a restraint in our physical yeah. building. We've talked about hiring more people to continue to do the work to be able to take care of more projects as they come in. But again, there's no training facility in Canada pumping out gunsmiths. There's no training facility pumping out people with this knowledge. You can have a machinist, you can have different trades, you can have the guy that likes to tinker in his basement on his guns and calls himself a gunsmith. There's no nowhere to just pull people to just throw them into the job. It's a training process that it's pulling, for example, you off of ripping and tearing guns to teach them. So now it's slowing down the shop 
to, to train up people that will essentially speed up the shop because we'll right. have more qualified people. But uh, it's not like just going out and hiring a carpenter. No. There, the are no carpenter. there are no gunsmiths. The uniqueness and dynamic of what we do is an experience-based position, period. You cannot train the variety of guns that are coming through. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, anyone can run a ratchet or a screwdriver, sure, but it's putting the whole project together. Yeah. And they're all different. Every single one has issues, differences, parts, style, and that only comes with touching every project. Yeah. And a place like this, I mean, I've known gunsmiths that have been gunsmiths and very, very good gunsmiths uh, that have been 40 years in the industry, but they're smaller scale. They're phoning here yeah. because, you know why? It's because the volume and, and the uniqueness of how many projects we see, yeah. there's basically not a gun or a, other than some ancient old freaking double gun, but what I'm saying is that there's not a gun on this planet that I probably haven't been in, taken apart, assessed, or fixed at one time or another. Yeah. And because of all of that, you you have the knowledge to say, well, that's wrong there. I don't even have to look at it yeah. to tell what's the issue. Yeah. So it's pretty, uh, you know, that part of things, but it does come with a, it comes with a time. Yeah. Yeah. Woodworking's woodworking, stock stocks, but I mean that, that assessing problems and fixing it and and knowing what you're looking for. Yeah. Experience and that time is a valuable commodity and yeah. it's. Uh, yeah, for sure. Thank you for the update. Yeah. Uh, the, the next thing I want to touch on is, can be a tough discussion because we at Core Lanes, we don't, when it comes to social media, when it comes to our public face, we, we don't get political. And we've got customers that are conservative, we've got customers that are liberal, and we believe everyone has the right to their own opinion, and we live in a democracy, and it's phenomenal. But we're going to get into... Uh, the federal government gun ban and discuss this for a little bit because it number one will drastically affect our business number two will drastically affect our way of life in the not so distant future uh, depending how this plays out so yeah so it's it, it's tough to talk about without getting our political views out there and I mean it's going to come out in the in the conversation and wh how we feel but Again, we our, our goal is not to be upsetting any of our customers because they might feel differently than we do. But instead of talking about the political parties and who's right, who's wrong, who's better, mm -hmm. we want get to down, get down to the brass tacks and talk about what's going on with the federal government gun ban and how it was put into place and just a, a brief discussion on that. So the first thing, again, just like COVID-19, when the government brought or first announced that they were trying to push through this gun ban, it was great for sales. We saw numbers of any of the types of guns that we thought were were going to be on the list, which the government didn't release a list until the day it occurred. We saw it, boom, the gun ban is in place. The next day they sent out the list. An incorrect list where guns came and went and came and went and it did this with what guns were on that list, but it happened overnight. Yeah. But up until that point, people had an idea that semi-automatic, um, I guess that was it. Semi-automatic firearms would be on the list, so people just snatched them up left, right, and center. So it was great for sales up front, but in the end, I think with the products that 
that were ended up on the list. We did okay, as we only had two guns in the building, but then four more rolled in the next week after uh, the gun ban that we got stuck with. So we're, we're, we're only sitting on six guns that won't make or break us. But there are other businesses out there that are tactical stores across Canada that are sitting on hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars in inventory that they legally can't sell, they can't export it out of the pro- out of the country, they can't ship them anywhere. Ex- exporting is, is allowed. Now it is? It is allowed. I actually got a letter in the mail yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So exporting, they can be deactivated, they can be welded shut, which is a little ridiculous. You can export them, them. Yeah. and you can bring them to a store like us to assist in the export so that's so the letter that I literally got that loop. letter about two days ago in the mail and yeah. I, I, I'm sorry I should have brought that up here that's that's very very fresh so Interesting. so they have opened up the border to export whether it's valuable enough to pay the three to five hundred dollars to export <laughs> or not is debatable Maybe if you've got 50 and guns and they're all what? worth a bunch of money. And export yeah. to where? Who's going to buy them? What are you doing? Where's it going? You know, the Americans are, it's a pretty It's a pretty tight process to get them back into the U.S., but it's possible. As a dealer, we can't do anything. Our the hands average tied, person so on the planet is not, not gonna deal with even going to no. remotely go to that. You know, that's, uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a dicey situation, without a doubt, and you know, we've all been caught in it. Um, some businesses are not going to recover from this. They're done. They're finished. Some of our suppliers, some of our big suppliers who are black gun suppliers, they're done. Some of the individual standalone businesses that are black gun stores out there are bleeding right now. They've got handcuffs on hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's cash flow. They're not going to survive this, yeah. waiting for it to get turned around in court it's being challenged but when is that is that a priority for the court system absolutely not yeah absolutely not so and the court systems are backed up oh, due to covid they're all trying to do court from it's, home it's a mess it's yeah. a mess it's a complete mess so it's a perfect i mean i think it's, it's the greasiest move ever you take a economy you take up all the people at their lowest yeah. and then stuff this down their face and they know for a fact that there can be no build-up of opposition because they've, they've got you cornered. Well, and it was an order in council. It wasn't even brought yeah. through Parliament the, the way that it should have been brought through. It was just forced down, like you say, forced down our throat. And right. the tool was misused. Yeah. Order in council is an emergency measures act. Quote-unquote, emergency. Yeah, there's no emergency going on. And There's it's no gun super unfortunate. happening in this country. The, the saddest thing about this was the, the mass murders out in Nova Scotia, and he was playing on the emotion of a lot of people. So we've got our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau forcing through this order in council, which should only have been used for emergencies, during a pandemic, right after a mass shooting out in Nova Scotia that had illegally obtained firearms from someone who gun control had pulled his licensing and Complete he was not allowed ban. to acquire firearms. Yet the news spun it that uh, some of the guns were obtained within Canada. Well, out of the four guns, again, not to get too deep into this, out of the four guns, three were obtained illegally from the States 
and one was obtained within Canada off the body of one of the officers he shot. So that was the one obtained within Canada. Yeah. And the media spun it that some of these were obtained within Canada. Yeah, off the person he executed That's and took their firearm. So, I, again, without getting too deep into the, the politics of the gun control and stuff, the way Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government pushed this was completely unethical, and it was, a, it was a terrible way to do it under all these other things that were going on, but was probably an amazing political move because he could force it through and, and pull up the heartstrings and stuff, even though if you get down into it, it was absolute BS. Yeah. So, yeah. So how did it affect us uh, at this point? Like I say, we were only stuck with six guns. It's it's not huge for yeah. us, but other Thankfully, we are wonder. more of a hunting Sporting firearms. Sporting firearms. We're not yeah. a black gun store. We sell semi-automatic shotguns. We yeah. do this and that, but more yeah. into the because we're in the northern climate. You know, we're more in the hunting world, where a lot of guys are not, and they supply all the local clubs and the three gun guys all their firearms, which is a massive, massive shooting club. Yeah, and all of their stuff is on the list now. You yeah, know, I've had to redo. I don't know how many guys is. Um, ARs now they've got you know like another centerfire FX9 or something like that to, nine re millimeter. to replace their ARs which they cannot use in competition anymore and yeah. these guys are traveling and they spend countless days and hours in their sport and this was all taken away so there's one interesting thing and I'm I'm as a firearms owner in Canada you should have got this letter from the government that cost us about Two point one million dollars, I think it cost to mail that out. to mail this out to all the people in Canada. I received one, and in the bottom left-hand corner, in the finest print here, it actually says exceptions are included under the amnesty order to allow for the continued use of the newly prohibited firearms and/or devices, if previously non-restricted, by individuals. And this is the part that's very interesting who hunt or trap to sustain, to sustain themselves or their families. So essentially, when I read that, that tells me if you've got a Mini-14 and you live in BC, that gun's a prohibited weapon under this order. However, if you sustain your family by choosing to hunt, you can take that gun and continue to hunt. Mm -hmm. You can't go hunting with your AR-15, no. But if you've got a semi-automatic that's on the list, and you hunt and sustain and eat your food, you can still hunt with it. Yeah. So, so if you're packing it during a legal hunting season and this and that. Exactly. From that so, so there's a bit of a loophole there that's interesting. I've brought that to a lot of people's attention, and I, it, it has a lot of power. It has a lot of merit right there. So it doesn't apply to a lot of the firearms on there. I mean... Most people, you know, hunt with a bolt gun anyway, but it, it's a bit of latitude. It's yeah. a it's it's just very interesting and that's very concrete in my in my eyes. So Yeah. Yeah, what what's the definition of hunt to sustain themselves? You know what? It? I sustain myself. Can I afford to go to the butcher block? Yes. Do I choose to? No. I choose to hunt and eat moose, elk, deer, whatever else fish. You know, right. I have wild game in my freezer. Yeah. I sustain my family, so I qualify, 100%, yeah. crystal clear, and I don't think there's a judge in the country that would disagree, nope. let alone a CEO officer. Do you want to open the lid on my freezer? Because it's there. Yeah. You want to see sustain? Yeah. There it is. Sustenance. Yeah. That's yeah, right. There might so, be a pound of bacon in there, but that doesn't yeah. make up <laughs> the lion's share of what's in my That's freezer right. at any so, given time. Four to five nights a week, we're eating 
wild game. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that we yeah. I'm just waiting for another hunting season to come up to fill it back up because mine's looking lean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With this gun ban uh, occurring, I just want to throw a shout out to KKS Tactical and Prince George and other businesses across Canada that are suing the government uh, with class action lawsuits stating that it was a poor way to, to bring this about. So to you guys out there, keep fighting the good fight. Um, we can support them, whether it's these businesses or directly support the CCFR. Uh, you can make donations to them. Call and write your local MPs. There's lots of things that we as the, the general population can do to help fight this fight. But um, we're a proud sponsor of an upcoming documentary on the Sportsman's Channel Canada with our friend and Rocky Mountain Rifle sporting outdoors woman, Amanda Lynn Mayhew, Jim Shockey, and other notable speakers. And in this, they're going to look at the realities and consequences of the order and council put in by Justin Trudeau. So watch for this. It will be coming out soon. I, I don't, we don't have a release date, but we are sponsoring this event and made donations to the CCFR as well in fighting this. It will cost millions of dollars to challenge this in court. So, so thank you to everyone that is fighting this fight. And I think we should put on our website how people, exactly where people can donate if they want to get involved and contribute. Towards some of those expenses, because I know we've had some questions, yeah. and we, we just want some clarity there. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll put that on our website, so keep an eye out for that. And yeah, memberships we as well, to like belong to local gun club, yeah. belong to some of these places, because with those numbers, you pull more power. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As Buy memberships to your gun clubs. Yeah, as individuals, it's ridiculous how limited our reach is, but as a mass, it goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Money and votes is yeah. all that counts in this type of stuff. We, since the gun ban kicked in, we have received hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of phone calls and used many, many hours answering the question, is my gun on the list? <laughs> Go online, check out the list, it's alphabetical. Uh, we're not aware of exactly all the guns that are on it because there are, I think we're nearing 2,000 guns on that list. And so we don't have all the answers. We know the, the hot guns that people are asking about. They're Mini 14, they're semi-automatic shotguns. I guess the other thing to discuss is the whole shotgun 12 gauges with the choke tubes. <clears throat> the choke, that, that we, we got calls every day about that is, is my sh pump action shotgun that has removable chokes on the list. and. The way social media portrayed it, the way the government was pushing it to begin with, they were on the list. But in reality, the choke... The choke tube, if you remove it out of a 12-gauge, <coughs> is over 20 millimeters. Yeah. But it, is, it does Plain not... and simple. But it does not... That's not the it board. is not the bore. That's no, that's not the bore diameter. So it just goes to show how fast the Liberal government slammed Slashed this again. through without even putting the time and thought process in place. It, it's, it, it actually makes them look kind of silly because it just goes to show how panicky and, hey, let's and do this, and boop, they didn't think about it. And no, what it, it, it did include, though, it, it did capture all the 12 gauges, all the 10 gauges, and then they put the 10,000 joule thing. Well, a 460 Weatherby bolt-action rifle designed to shoot an elephant is not on the list. Oh, and smaller calibers than that. You can't, you literally can't go that you know are you kidding me a 460 come on well you look a lot of the express guns like again a, you can buy a factory seiko off the shelf and a, and a 500, 500 gibbs. gibbs it's on that list yeah that gun is yeah. just a repeating bolt action and it's used for dangerous game 
moose, elk, whatever. Yeah, and you want to shoot it once. You want to shoot it once, but they just captured guys that have side-by-side -side doubles built by Holland and Holland. Yeah. You know, express yes. calibers in the nitros. Unique yeah. and strictly hunting type $100,000 guns. Yeah. And they are on the list. So it goes to show <coughs> once again how silly it all is, but it is being challenged and yeah. So the shotgun thing, it, it that was not their intent. They didn't actually intend to include 12 and 10 gauges and but here we you know, but here we are. So it is fine to be out there with your 12 gauge. Period. No worries. Well, and there again there there was a website, there was I mean, people were saying Black Rifle Coffee Company was on the list, there were toy guns on the list, and it was funny. Some of their coffee was on the list. Yeah. <laughs> sitting sitting with um, yeah. the sales rep for Black Rifle for Canada, <laughs> he was talking about it and he said overnight Black Rifle Coffee sales doubled from the social media that activity that occurred around them um, when the gun ban came in and so they sent Justin Trudeau a care package of all their top selling coffees <laughs> to his house with a thank you letter for his support and that putting was awesome. their I, I love going out. I, I feel we there. should I feel we should send him a thank you letter for being gun salesman of the year as well because yes. he has really been that guy high yeah. five Justin good work <laughs> yeah proud of you okay so we'll move on from the gun ban and just to finish off we're going to talk about hunting season. It's just around the corner. What sorts of things do you need to know? Have there been big changes? One of the things that really changed recently, now you have to look online to see the new hunting regulations. We have not received them in hard copy yet. They should be coming. We have people asking every day. Hopefully they'll arrive any day. But one of the big things that's changed for Region 7 here is the bison hunt. Um, so we've always had the limited entry bison hunt within this region, but now they've opened up because the numbers are doing so well and there's very few predators for them. They've opened up some outskirts, outlying areas to just a general season bison hunt. Um, have you guys heard anything or have any thoughts on this? I have heard that some of those outlying areas potentially, unless you know the areas very, very well, you are, you are limited to designated access routes up there. And yeah. that being said, unless you're tech, unless you're for literally- For motorized vehicle. For motorized vehicle, exactly. So quads, side-by-sides. Weight restrictions too. Weight restrictions, yeah. Well. They can't be over, so. I think, 500 kilo. Basically, right, your right? bigger side-by-sides are out. They're out. Unless it's on a specific yeah. channel. Yeah. So that being said, uh, access to go in and shoot a bison, how are you going to get it out? Yeah. If you so, find them, I mean, you hey, you yeah. and ten of your buddies with pack frames. Good luck, buddy. I mean, it's it's less work to build a cabin. Yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe on a homestead up there, but so access and and physically being able to take one and manage it and get it out is going to be a challenge. The length you know, of the length of the season yes. blows me away. September one to basically January, right? Yeah. That's a long time. So, number one is that, yeah, planning, exit strategy, all of those things are paramount, right? You're dealing with something that has four freaking inches of fluff on it, and they don't last long on the ground. You think a moose rolls over quick. You wait till you, a buffalo. <laughs> Even in the middle of winter, you can spoil meat on a buffalo yeah. from leaving the hide on. Oh, so, the uh, you know, my take on the scenario is, I mean, other than a horse, 
horse hunt, horse hunt yeah. type scenario, and with some mobility. I mean, there's going to be a few taken, but yeah. you are on the fringes, and I think they're trying to just keep them contained. In. Yeah, they don't want them going and spreading up into the Musquas, the Tashotis, the Kachikas. Yeah. yeah. They do not want buffalo in those areas because then they'll be forced to move them out yeah. in a more aggressive Yeah, I, I agree. I question the success rate of yeah. the open season. Um, I, I, I think, think it'll be busy. Be come this season will be busy. You know, your sled will be traffic trying. and stuff. People will discover how yeah. tough <laughs> it is to get in there. And they're not exactly, they're, you know, it's just like hunting elk in a lot of ways. It's Everything's a desert and then you find a little herd. You know, yeah. they're not, there's not just a buffalo every three miles. All the buffalo being one spot. Yeah. yeah. So you have a lot of country to cover. And it's rugged, all that dirt. Oh, just, yeah. But, I mean, if you're a motivated hunter, at least now you have the opportunity to go, I mean, I hunt sheep zones that are probably, <laughs> one in 400 kill a sheep. I'll roll them dice, because mm-hmm. I can be the one in 400. No. Yeah. Where's your motivation at? You'll get her done. Yeah. But if you are ill-prepared for it, she or you're gonna suffer. Yep. Yeah. Or you'll lose an animal. You'll you're literally spoil an it, and you're bringing green meat home. Yeah. Waste of an animal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a challenge. Do your research, talk to some people that know, People that have done it, people that have done that have dealt with bison, they're a different creature. I've hunted a lot of game, taken a lot of animals. Yeah. A bison is a completely yeah, different you, game. You roll over a three pound, thousand pound bull. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's challenging enough with a tractor. Yeah. Yeah, you can't Been even there. Get, yeah. It's so been there. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess <clears throat> to finish off, um, do you guys have any hunting plans? Oh as as we're rolling into hunting season? Um, actually going to go bison hunting later on. Got a, <laughs> got a guided hunt later on this year. Got that going on. Might go up to Kajika. Maybe do some elk hunting up there and sneak up. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going to go find the first mountain I can climb and get after it here in a few weeks. So Hopefully tip a sheep over. How about yeah. you, Aaron? What do you got Early going on? season. Well, not a whole lot. Blew up my knee. I was supposed to go on an August 15th. A goat hunt with a buddy that got a limited entry draw, but just throwing the pack and weight on, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do it due to an injury this season. But we've got a possible late season sheep hunt coming up. Um, we'll see what the weather's doing. We'll see. The number one thing is the next week I have to go see the doctor because it's been three weeks and my knee is not getting any better. And stairs are a tough thing for me right now, so I'm thinking the mountains are going to suck. So, talking to a guy that just had went through a similar situation and went on a hunt and he says he should have stayed home. That was his big thing is he said it didn't do his knee any favors. So it might yeah. just end up being a around here moose and elk and well, you can work. hunt. I can work while you guys hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Greg. Yeah. This is our year, buddy. Did yeah. you guys get any LEHs? None. No. Zero. <clears throat> I got kids got nothing. I got nothing. Big fat. I got I got a doe deer. That's it. the least need some valuable (laughs) I don't know there's not many out (laughs) kicking around this part of the woods yeah so that's about it for me so thank you guys very much it's good to get back into the the hot seats here and I just want to throw it out there that if if you or anyone you know would be a good candidate to sit down and have a discussion we are currently looking for people to line up we're aware that round two of COVID's coming through, but we'd still love to get people coming up to uh, sit in on some podcasts. 
Uh, we have discussed, we've had people reach out to us that want to do some podcasts that are down south or in other parts of the world. And I'd love to be able to keep them, <clears throat> excuse me, sitting around this table or being in the building just because the audio quality is better and it's better to have a face-to-face -face than a through a computer discussion. But if you or anyone you know would be a, a great candidate, would have a cool story, anything to do with hunting, fishing, camping, the outdoors, um, we've got a few lined up. Like I say, I'm working on the COs, trying to get them in here, but um, hopefully we'll get them in soon. And I've got a couple other candidates here for the not so distant future, but reach out to us, shoot us an email, reach out on Facebook or Instagram, and uh, let's get the discussion rolling. So again, another big thank you to these guys sitting beside me, my business partners, and to our sponsor right now, Ballistics.ca. They have, like I said, just released a Swarovski, or a ring for the Swarovski Z5 and Z6 uh, scopes as well as this little beauty right here, the new Vortex Lightweight Hunter HDLHT. It's been one of the hottest selling scopes in our building since they came out and we can't keep them in stock. And Ballistics just received the ballistic turrets for them to laser engrave. And we hear there's a promotion coming soon from Vortex, but we'll wait for them to announce that. So ballistics.ca, check out uh, their custom turrets and see if they're available for your optics. If not, they do custom turret decals. Check them out, check us out online, corelanes.com, and we'll hopefully see you in the store shortly. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for Thanks. joining us, everyone. Have a good, safe season.